podcast. Um, I had some problems recording this. We're recording with Andrew and Jody. Um, so I'm actually re-recording a bunch of <laughs> big chunks of my audio. So I apologize if some of this is hard to hear. Thanks. Um, this Andrew, is exciting. Actually, has Has Andrew been on one before? I don't think Andrew or Jody no. have been on the podcast yet, Tony. We've got two first timers. I have. Yeah, this is the first time being on this podcast. I have been on a few others uh, back in the early makerspace days. Like, Ooh, big shot oh, here. fun! <laughs> Old pro. <laughs> yeah, so I, got, I just wanted to. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, I got a history. I'm, I'm I got status in this pod game. <laughs> no big deal. You've been a pro for a while. <laughs> We're listening. Our listeners should go off if we have you on. All Your royalties coming in from all the commercials that you do. Oh, I hope so. I'm expecting that as part of this. <laughs> this is the not for profit. Well, yeah. Tony told me that he was he was gonna like cut his bonus out and just give it to you for for coming on the show. I, I love the idea that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I got to teach all these students listening how to be an entrepreneur. So, yeah, any royalties my colleagues have, send them over. So what have you guys been doing with your extra time, the family time or alone time, whatever you call it? I actually ran out um, to Walmart and got a set of 20 pound dumbbells and then I got this sweet grip strength uh, exercise squeezer that can be adjustable. So as I get stronger, so when you do see me, I'll come back with huge forearms. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I actually ran to. Um, I got this grip squeezer thing from Dunham's, and then on a clearance rack, they had one of these perfect push-up slider rack deals, where it's like the handles that will turn as you do push-ups but then it's on this slide rail thing so you can get like a peck fly workout in too and it was on sale for 13 dollars over 60. so i got super excited and i got that too so i have been spending a little bit of time um trying to stay active even though it's in my room and not nearly as motivational as being in a gym with <laughs> people that actually exercise on a regular basis and yeah, past that, I have uh, I have a good book for just retraining your mind for positivity. So I've been working through that as well and trying to keep a positive positive outlook on what's happening. Okay. How about you, uh, um, So far, so my alone time was my commute and going to the store. And so those are both out, which is okay. There's, there is more family time. We went for a walk. The other night which is great and then next week i start my two grad school classes that i'm taking this semester and so all the extra time will be gone doing that because <laughs> those classes are only six weeks long so it's six credits in six weeks and i'm scared but um it'll happen Whoa. and we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> I have been uh, just really working on the business and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the losses that I will take and how we bounce back when this is all said and done. So a little bit of survival mode, um, but in addition to that, uh, really trying to take this time, this two 
we're gonna we're officially shutting down tonight after the shift ends and gonna try to take that two weeks and um plan for the future and so that when things do start again um we have some forward momentum anders does this also give you time to like organize at the makerspace or make some changes that you otherwise wouldn't have had time to do well in a way it does i'm being careful with what projects i'm taking on right now because anything that's going to cost money so like there's shelves to be made uh in the blacksmithing area for example however to do that you you have some costs right so you increase your electrical costs you have to heat the shop still so i've been playing with numbers a little bit to decide what can i afford to do um what products could maybe i make in the next two weeks uh being that i still have access to the space uh that maybe we could sell when we get back up and running but in a situation like this every activity that i choose to do has some expense associated with it and i'm trying to be very careful with that uh so when you transition from the first quarter to the third quarter in the business that I'm in, it's a lot of bills. So I have about $10,000 in my bill uh, folder right now, and I don't have income coming in. So that's where I'm being very careful and cautious. So I'm probably not going to work on any projects that I would like to get to. I will only focus on business growth. That makes that makes a lot of sense because I can see where, yeah, you have to you have to devote time to what is actually important at the moment, which also stems back to how um, our Bell and Upper Division IRE students have to do the same thing. Their time needs to be uh, put towards something that is useful at the moment and then prioritize. Yep, exactly. And that's... So it's good to hear real life example of that. Yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to is figuring out where can I be the most efficient and not necessarily where everyone else would necessarily think it would be most efficient. I mean, there are a lot of ideas that get circulated by members, by um, people on the outside of this business on, hey, this is something you could do. Um, but you gotta be the one who looks at your own situation. Um, for example, um, there's a lot of projects that people would love us to be working on and some things that are just good for the community, some things that a lot of people just find would be fun uh, events. However, from the business perspective, I'm often not insured to be able to do those things. Um, so when you look at certain events, it now increases costs there. And it, anyway, the point being is that when you look at what you're up to as a student or as an employee, you got to look at things your, for yourself. Uh, and I think we'll get to some of those topics later in the podcast. So that's actually a really good transition point. Um, some of you have already been sent home and are working remotely. So you may be getting a task in the morning and you have eight hours of the day to fill. And that task will maybe is only taking, you know, three or four hours. So how do you go about asking your supervisor for more work or letting them know that you finished that in a shorter period of time? So what are your thoughts on that? Jody? Well, I think um, that, that you do have to ask for more. You do have to let someone know that you are done with what they wanted you to do 
and is there anything else to work on? Um, <clears throat> sometimes there are other things you can do to stay productive. Um, there are always new things you can learn, but if you're in the type of job where you have to stay billable, it, it gets really tricky, you know. I'm sure you can speak to that too. Yeah, I guess I would start with a story. Um, when I was 18 or 17, we didn't have a lot of money, so I went to work instead of going to college. Um, I accepted a position as kind of a utility person. Uh, basically, I sandblasted and uh, steamed parts, so I cleaned parts and sandblasted them for mechanics in the shop. And there was, I was only supposed to be summer help, really. And there was another person that had many years of experience in that position who uh, did not know how to find work. So that individual stretched their work. And during this experience, I learned how to sandblast faster. I learned how to clean the parts faster. I spent a lot of time on trying to be the best at that particular task that I could be. And they kept me on. Uh, so they had two of us in, as utility people. Well, there was an economic crisis and the business wasn't making enough money. So we all got laid off. And what happened um, was that that individual thought they had everything set up. They thought that they knew their job, that they had done very good and would get called back. Well, a year goes by and I get a call for me to come back. And they talked about, uh, there is somebody else with more experience. You're well aware of who that is. Uh, we are not calling them back. Uh, we will not call them back even as time goes on. So I had gone out and searched for more work. I had, I would finish these things as quick, you know, quickly, but efficiently. I did quality work on what I did, but I was actually given additional tasks because of that. So my supervisor adjusted my workload as needed. And uh, I ended up being the one with a job later on, even though somebody else had over two years of experience on me. Um, so point of my story is sometimes it's hard. To, it, it's more, it can seem as more work to look for that, those new ideas on how do I do something else? How do I ask for additional work? But you end up being the one that your supervisor looks at as having potential. And that's what you want to show. That's a good point, Andrew. Because um, like you were saying, if you can save your company time, that's good. Because even if, say, you have eight hours assigned to do something and it only takes you five, it's worth it for you to, to be more efficient like that. Because... A lot of times on a project, there will be something else that goes over. Uh, you know, maybe you had to run more lab samples than you were anticipating or the field work took longer for some reason. So then if you can save time on the report, uh, that's always appreciated by the company. 
that stuff. Yeah, uh, I I really like the idea of looking for or taking this time to look for like the little detail inefficiencies that you run into on a day-to-day basis and finding out what ways that you can solve that. Like one thing that really stood out to me with one of our interns that I had when I was um, at my last job was when you did a print in SolidWorks and then you were finally saving it out to get reviewed, you always had the drawing number of the part as the file name of the PDF for the print was the drawing number underscore rev underscore whatever that was, A, B, C, D. And you always had to go in and manually type that name in. And that intern figured out a macro to add to SolidWorks that as soon as you saved it, it looked at that print's rev table and took the most recent rev letter revision and then added that to the end of the name. So it wasn't something that you could make a mistake on. And it just was, you made it one click instead of like four separate steps. So finding little processes like that, that you can add small efficiencies to add up. And that shows the character that you have of that. You're always looking for little improvements like that, which makes you someone worth keeping if you had to get let go and then possibly brought back on like in Andrew's case. Yeah. So those are all really good points. So the key takeaways I think from everyone there was, you know, you have to let someone know that something didn't take you as long as they thought it did. You also have the opportunity because there's people right now taking vacation and using sick time or, you know, taking, um, taking care of sick relatives, what have you, but there's extra work that's not getting done with other people. So sometimes that, that might be just reaching out to someone else that, you know, is there anything I can help you with? And, or can you show me how to do something so I can take some of your, some of your load off? Cause other people are picking up slack too. So this is a good time really to show that you're efficient, show that you think, um, entrepreneurially and, and see that you can really make a difference in the company and really help out your coworkers. So you're going to, you have an opportunity to make some blue chips and, and show that you're someone that they're going to want to stick around. So they're either will extend that co-op or offer you a full-time position. So we've got upcoming due dates. Uh, another student choice co-op paper is due Friday, April 3rd. Uh, there is a menu of options. Remember in the classroom, in the co-op handbook, and you can not choose the same option that you chose for the student choice paper. Um, so if you pick uh, something else uh, or picked other as an option and submitted a, a paper from one of your competencies, I don't do that again. Uh, look at some of those other options and think about what else you can submit. Um, and then something else is the This just um, in. So, Andrew's recording with a potato. <laughs> <laughs> As we're on that topic, everyone who is uh, struggling with all these different problems you probably are encountering with telework and connecting in different ways, uh, there is always a solution. Just play around. Everyone is in the same boat. So uh, do what you can to brainstorm ideas on how to solve those problems. You are an engineer. You can do it. Um, so... Can everyone still hear me well? Fantastic. So the student, there's a student choice paper 
co-op paper due on Friday, April 3rd. So for those who are in the co-op classroom, that is due on April 3rd. Uh, For those in design review, or sorry, in design on the Bell side, remember your design review is next week on Wednesday at 2, uh, 2 p.m. Central. Okay, so this is from an anonymous student, and it says, at my job, I work with the other engineers in the office area, but we also have a crew of laborers that I interact with every day. Success in my department depends in part on having a good relationship with not only the engineers, but the laborers and operators as well. I've always been a mostly reserved person, so it's hard for me to make those connections that I need to be successful, but I've been trying to force myself out of my comfort zone to develop these relationships. I directed a crew of our workers this past week and remained professional, fair, and polite. I assisted where I could and developed a good relationship with my crew. This understanding that I have with our guys makes it where I can learn as much as possible from everyone in my department, and that is what is going to help make me a great engineer one day. This is what I get super excited about. These are the weird, awkward, uncomfortable stages of getting out into industry that you can't learn at school. This is something that you just need to dig through. This is a trench. You got to get through it. And the more comfortable you can get with this, the better. And the faster you can do it, the better. And this is what makes me really excited for these co-ops and and students that are working out in industry like this to get this experience. Because you don't get it in school, for sure. Great point, Justin. If you delay doing this, it really changes your career trajectory. So getting past these things as soon as possible is yep. really good. And as a young engineer or a new engineer, you, you really stand out when you have this kind of skill and you can lead a team and be fair and, and, and really show that like you, you can handle these types of situations. I just get really excited to hear when students get comfortable in these situations when they started off so uncomfortable. I felt the same way. There's a quote that I think of in this case called and it's basically day one is better than one day uh you can be a great engineer today not tomorrow uh today is where that starts today is where the activities that you do create what your future looks like um and realize that a lot of the people you're working next to have the same internal fears, internal anxieties that they don't know what to do. Uh, Every day, uh, whether for Bell, for IRE, for IRM, there are things that I'm not always sure that I know how to do, right? There's things that uh, I want to be better at, that I want to, to just be more efficient with, to be more effective. And you know, you can let those types of fears and internal uh, anxieties worry you, or you can just try to address them today the best you can. And, and day one is better than one day in that case. So just to wrap things up, so what are your guys's, what's like the big, like what's a positive takeaway from from this experience so far, the social distancing and, and the pandemic that you're seeing? My top positive takeaway on uh, what this has, what this, what this has, has to done or has done my, in my personal life would be um, figuring out how to regroup and change on the fly 
and knowing that this is something that it can happen and you have to be able to work through it and make the best of it. So uh, just having an extra tool, I guess, in my toolbox for how to deal with being at home as much as I had to be now, because I'm really not much of a homebody, or at least in the house. I'm definitely someone that needs to be more in the garage, which I can be. And that's something that I'm also uh, taking away from this is I can get uh, more time with my son in the garage. And I, I really enjoy that time. And he's starting to learn a lot more about tools. So he's, he's very into knowing what does what tool do versus another and why do you change tools? So I like teaching him that kind of stuff. So that's been my big takeaway. I think um, I, the situation is so hard, but it's been really nice to, uh, I mean, hard for everybody, but it's been really nice to see how many helpful, caring people there are out there. And I uh, just try to focus on that. I'd say the biggest positive takeaway that I am seeing right now is that the world was willing to work together on this topic. I think that a uh, a pandemic like this is not necessarily what we want to be the reason for that unity, but the whole world has mobilized against one um, one virus and, and one issue. And I think that is a little bit inspiring in my opinion to know that we can unite as a world on some level and try to work together. Uh, different countries with different backgrounds, with different cultures, we're, we're kind of tied together on this topic. And uh, we are doing things to make it better for everyone, uh, not just uh, one small uh, group in this case. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, and I will, I think, from a learning perspective, I think I'm going to learn a lot over the next couple months about resilience, adaptation. Uh, I think we already have been learning those things, but um, on that micro level, I see a lot of learning opportunities to see op the, I think this has changed our norm and therefore has created different opportunities than were there a month ago in the world on many different levels. Um, opportunities to work with each other, opportunities to come out of this stronger. Yeah, those are all great. Um, I think my big takeaway really came from the meeting we had as a department. You know, Rob Sleazer from TCE said it best that we've accomplished a whole lot in a very short time just because of the group of people we have and the community we've built. So, I mean, that coupled with what we've done with students and how, how you've adapted so quickly, you know, that's really been inspiring. So I guess the last thing I want to do is just like, what's a, like a, what's the cool thing that you've learned this over this period of time? And like, it could be funny, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Um, well, I think I kind of covered really what I wanted to, uh, previously, but on a, on another level of uh, learning, um, I think I am going to have to learn how to not have as much to do. Um, to be honest this week with the makerspace closing, one of my bigger fears was 
I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Right. And, and having, I haven't been in that place in a long time. I've always had a task or a mission and, um, I think I'm going to take this time to learn how to just sit back and watch TV or something like that for a little bit and try to maybe get back to working out and, um, doing things that are, um, less fast paced. Well, I'm a little bit terrible with technology. <laughs> so learning for me has been uh, learning how to do things remotely, meetings and everything. And uh, it hasn't been bad. I have, I, all of you are, are so wonderful <laughs> in helping me and I really appreciate that. And so it's made this transition easier. And so I've I guess learned that I don't have to be afraid of those kinds of changes. Um, as I, what I've learned over the past week here is if I do go out in public and now I'm so conscious about what I'm touching that as I retrace my steps, I'm, <laughs> I've learned how many things I touch that other people are touching uh, and then what that transfers to. Like I think about as soon as I get back in my car from going to the grocery store, then I put hand sanitizer on. But as soon as I put hand sanitizer on, um, I'm touching my steering wheel. I'm touching my phone. I've touched my keys that I've already touched since I've been in the store. Uh, so it's, it's really made me think about how much interaction, at least with like the things that we've touched that other people have touched and uh, that um, <laughs> washing your hands is very, very important for sure. Uh, yeah. And I, I do that as soon as I get home. And that's kind of always been my thing is that as soon as I walk in the door, the first thing I do is go in the bathroom and wash my hands. But that uh, I'm excited to see how much of a, a difference this changes personal hygiene culture as a whole in itself. Like I'm, I'm excited to see if there's going to be like new products yeah. that come out and infomercial as seen on TV things. Now that's an opportunity for some uh, positive change and uh, uh, making some money maybe for these entrepreneurial thinking engineers. So my uh, my funny thing that I saw was uh, eating my eggs this morning. I was reading the back of the black pepper label and it said, uh, you know, oh, sprinkle on guacamole, steak, you know, stuff like that. But then it said, spoon it on. And then it said something, something, and then chocolate cake and cookies <laughs> and i'm just thinking to myself what kind of monster is putting black pepper in their chocolate cake and their cookie mix Ugh. so if you have a recipe at home <laughs> that calls for black pepper in your chocolate cake or your, your cookies please share that with me so i can uh, understand a little bit of where this is coming from Oh, that's hilarious. Like, I've heard of sitting down with, like, some Hershey's syrup and just a spoonful of peanut butter that you dunk it in, but <laughs> chocolate cake and pepper. Mm. <laughs> I'll leave you with that, folks. <laughs> well, this was fun. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for joining. Yeah, no problem. We worked through some technical difficulties, and I think we put together a decent show. So hopefully, the students enjoy it. And uh, I just want to say, now you've heard us, we're four of us in four separate places making a podcast. So if there's a story you want to share or something you want to talk about on the podcast, uh, get a
hold a Justin or I, and uh, we will try to make that happen. So thanks a lot. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Pow, pow.